Hello, and welcome to the Central Connecticut Intergroup Meeting uh, Podcast. Sorry. <laughs> um, my name is Christina, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Christina. Hi, Christina. Christina. And we have... My name is Eddie, and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Rose, and I am an alcoholic. And let's start with the serenity prayer. God, God grant, grant me the, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, again, this meeting, this podcast is brought to you by Central Connecticut Intergroup. Um, if you'd like to hear more about Intergroup or get involved with service, please visit us at ccti-aa.org. And then at this time, yeah, we have Rose with us today. Um, Rose, if you'd like to just start out with telling us what life was like mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Rose, and I am an alcoholic. Hi, Rose. And I'm very grateful to be here. I'm honored to be asked to to do this. Um, I'm also um, grateful that you're all here, too, okay? And um, and I'm grateful to be sober today. And uh, for me, coming into the program saved my life. I truly do believe that the God of my understanding interrupted my death when he brought me to these rooms. I was on the verge of losing my husband and my home and my children. My job was uh, beginning to be a problem. And when I hit my bottom, I went to Rushford uh, for uh, detox and then came into the rooms. When I left Rushford, there was a gentleman, an orderly, who said to me, are you willing to go to any length? to get sober and to stay sober. And I said, yes, I am. And uh, he handed me a little booklet, and that booklet was the list of the meetings that were in Connecticut. And he's told me to do 90 90 meetings in 90 days um, and to do whatever it took to stay sober. And I was very grateful for that gentleman you know, giving me that booklet, because otherwise I don't think I would have even come into the rooms, because um, I was only there for three days. I went to one meeting when I was there. I cried the whole time, and, you know, nothing was going in my head, and if something went in, it came out very quickly. So, um, you know, God puts people in our lives uh, who who will, who do and will make a, a difference, you know. And uh, we have to, at least I do, I have to be conscious of what God puts in my life on a daily basis, the gifts that he puts in my life. If I'm not looking for these gifts, okay, if I'm looking to be um, uh, fearful and and dishonest and selfish and self-centered, those gifts, I will never see them. You know, I will never see them. And... um, I have to be grateful every day for the gifts that he has given me. Because if I'm not grateful, then I'm heading toward a drink instead of away away from a drink. And I don't ever, ever want to be that person that I was when I came into the rooms. You know, Today I can say I'm a woman of grace and dignity. <laughs> I am a phenomenal woman. Okay, And that's all through God's grace and the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and, of course, the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. The people in this program are are the most wonderful people in the world. You know, I've never met anyone in my whole life 
like the people that I have met in, in Alcoholics Anonymous. We're a fellowship, okay? We're called the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. And a fellowship is a group of people who come together for a common cause. And that cause for us is we can't pick up a drink. Because if we pick up a drink, then we're done. Everything, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen? So I picked up my first drink. Well, let me tell you, I was born March 22nd, 1944. I am a war baby. Um, and I was uh, born to Ber Bernice and Andrew, okay, uh, who hated each other, but lived together for 57 years. <laughs> How they did it, I have no idea. So uh, we had, I had uh, one sister and two brothers. Both my brothers were alcoholics. My youngest brother, at the age of 43, died of this disease. He left three children and a wife. And his son, his oldest son, is a drug addict. A drug addict. Yeah. The girls are doing fine. And his son is um, in his early 30s. And if he doesn't do something, he will die from this disease. Because that's what it wants from us. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate that this disease wants from us, and that is our lives. Okay, mm -hmm. it's going to put us through hell the whole time we're drinking, but it's going to get us to that point where we're going to die. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course there's other th things that'll happen: institutions, jail, mm -hmm. sanitariums, toriums, whatever. Um, but it's the ultimate is is our life. And today I'm not willing to give alcohol my life, mm -hmm. okay? Because I can make the choice today. Alcohol isn't making my choices for me today. I am making my own decisions and my own choices with the help of the God of my understanding, His grace, through, you know, with the help of the program and with the help of the people in the program. Um, so... Uh, my uh, growing up, uh, of course, as most of us, I lived in a dysfunctional family, truly dysfunctional family. There was sexual abuse, there was physical abuse, there was mental abuse. I picked up my first drink at 18. I got drunk, I passed out, I blacked out, and I puked. Okay? The next morning I got up and said, that was great. I'm going to do it again. And I did for 30 years. Mm -hmm. for, you know, I mean, a lot of people will have that, you know, that, that drunk that really where you pass out and pre and all of that stuff. And the next day say, I'll never do that again. But not me. I knew that was what was going to make a difference in my life because I felt so different. Mm -hmm. I wasn't the person that I was that I thought I was or I told I was told I was I felt just something different something different and I and I searched for that difference for thir like I said for 30 years um I, I I can't I mean I drank alcoholically right from the beginning there were times in between you know when I had my children and stuff where I didn't drink as much or, uh we only drank on a Saturday night because we couldn't afford alcohol because we were you know um, didn't have much at the time, um, but when I went back to work, you know, after the kids were uh, in middle school, I went back to work, and then uh, it started to where it wasn't just 
Saturday night that we I got drunk. It was Friday night and Saturday night. And then it was Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. And then Sunday, you know, and, and it just progressed like that. It just progresses like that because, you know, you, I never drank to be social. Never drank to be social. I drank to get drunk mm -hmm. because I liked what it did for me, okay? It, um, you know, it, it made me feel pretty and funny and witty, mm -hmm. and I could talk up a storm. I was a wallflower if I wasn't drinking, believe mm -hmm. me. But when you put a drink in me, I could talk for hours and hours and hours, you know. So um, I became something different. Um, you know, in the beginning, alcohol did things for me. And then at the end, it did things to me. You know, I was no, long, no longer able to, again, make decisions. Uh, or my choices were taken away from me because of the alcohol. Um, my life was just spiraling down. The last six months of my drinking is when um, things really got, got bad. So I was sp spiraling down. And uh, finally, you know, um, my husband confronted me and... Uh, we decided, we talked and we decided we were going to get a divorce, you know, that I didn't want to be with him anymore because he was hindering my drinking, mm -hmm. okay? Because he had uh, basically stopped. We drank together from the time we were 18, okay? Um, and he had stopped because he saw there was a problem, okay? And, of course, he was trying to get me to stop, and, and I, I wasn't having it at all. So... Uh, he went to a lawyer, he came home, and he said, please, would you be willing to go to the doctors, you know, our GP? And I said, well, I thought to myself, well, I better do something here because I'm going to lose everything, everything. So I said, yes, I will go. And that was at 1230 in the afternoon. At four o'clock in the afternoon, I was at Rushford. Again, got you know, saved my life. He ended my drinking now for the past 29 and a half years. Okay. And I am very blessed and I am very grateful. But if it wasn't for this program, uh, I would not have been able to do it. You know, we, we know that we cannot do this alone. You know, we can't sit at home and say, I'm not going to drink today, mm -hmm. but not have the, the tools that we need so that will, ha you know, will happen so that we won't drink for that day. So this program has given me a way of life that I never, ever dreamed I would have. You know, again, the blueprint to life, okay? It tells me, it, it's, I, you know, it, it tells me, you know, it tells me, not alcohol. The program tells me, you know, how to, how to be um, uh, uh, honest and, uh, and selfless, you know, mm -hmm. and fearless, and that's what the steps do for me. You know, that's where, where my, my life cycle begins with the first step where I admit that I'm powerless over alcohol. I never thought that I was powerless over alcohol. I thought maybe I might have a problem, a little problem. After work, I would go with my girlfriend to the bar and we'd sit there and we'd say to each other, do you think we have a drinking problem? 
And no, and we'd order another drink. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, that... Choosing. Yeah, exactly. like choosing to have it, yeah. Um, and then, uh, like I said, I had my two brothers were alcoholics. Mm -hmm. And uh, I could always say, I'm not like them. Okay? I don't beat my husband like they beat their wives. Yet. Mm -hmm. I don't drive drunk. Yet. Okay? I don't knock my uh, husband's teeth out. Yet. Okay. But then there came the day when those yets became reality. You know? I, um, and I took it out on my husband. My husband was my punching bag. Um, I told Same. him, you know, <laughs> in my story, I tell, I tell, um, I tell that, you know, I, I would get enraged. I would get so enraged, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. It was like something would snap. Oh, snap. Just enraged. And um, I would try to beat him up. You know, I'd go after him and whatever, and I would always say, you know, I punched him and everything. And, and one day he said to me, Rose, you never hit, landed a punch. <laughs> okay, you never, ever hit me. I always fended you off, thank God. There's no marks, you know, no scars. And, um, you know, I was grateful for that, that he told me that, because mm -hmm. I really thought I hurt him physically, physically. Mm -hmm. uh, I And I never even dreamed that I hurt him emotionally and spiritually, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. where he would say, where is my God? You know, where is my God? Why are you doing what you're doing? Where is my God? So he doubted his God, okay? Uh, he doubted his faith, and that was my doing. I did that because I was drinking, and I didn't care. I didn't care about anybody or anything, right? Mm -hmm. So. But um, thank God, you know, my, my doctor understood and um, got me in to where I needed to be. So, yes, I know if I pick up a drink, my life will become unmanageable, okay? But today, I have power. I am empowered today because alcohol is not running my life. God and I are running my life, okay? God's there for me. Um you know, and, and then, of course, step two, I, I came to believe uh, that there was a higher power that, uh, greater than myself. Yes, I believed in God. I just didn't think God believed in me, you know. I, I didn't think he loved me because all I heard growing up was God's going to get you. Don't do that. God's going to get you, you know. Um, I remember when um, I had my second um, cancer surgery. And my mother-in-law said to me, Rose, what did you do wrong this time? Mm -hmm. Like it was my fault, mm -hmm. you know. But I proved to them that, yeah, I probably deserved it, you know. In their <laughs> eyes, I deserved it. Um, <clears throat> but luckily at the sec that second uh, surgery uh, bout with cancer, I was in program and I had a lot, a lot of support, you know. So, and, and again... Uh, it says, come, came to believe, and it doesn't tell us that we have to come to believe today or tomorrow, you know, as a newcomer comes in, right? You don't have to believe today. You just have to have the willingness to believe, right? And the, you will come to believe in the time that's right for you, you know? So that, I came to believe, I found the God of my understanding that I have in my life today in the book called When Bad Things Happen to Good People. That's where I found my God, okay? And I constantly seek this power that I have in my life today 
it to do his will, you know. And step, step three, made a decision to turn my will, which are my thoughts, and my life, which are the actions I take on those thoughts, over to his care. He is going to care for me through whatever it is that I'm going through in that particular day. My will, again, my thoughts, my life, the actions I take on those thoughts. I have to say to myself, if I say this, or if I do, if I take this action, if I do something, am I going to harm myself or, or another person? Okay, because today it's not about all about me, okay? It's about others. So I have to, you know, be clear in my mind, in my thought process, that, you know, my first, um, I, I, I need to respond rather than react, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I have to make that, and I have to make that decision every single day and multiple times during the day, you know? God, I'm putting myself in your care. God, I'm letting go and I'm letting God. Okay, and of course the fourth step, uh, I know a lot of people ha are uh, fearful of doing the fourth step. I was a little apprehensive, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit apprehensive. Um, but my sponsor told me that if you are fearful of doing the fourth step, then you have not done the third step, so go back. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. let, let go and let God, he mm -hmm. will be, carry you through it, he will. So great, gratefully, I did, I did my uh, fourth step. I learned from my fourth step that I was a selfish, self-centered, fearful, dishonest, inconsiderate person. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the main categories, but oh, oh the sixth step is going to tell me, give me a, a view of what I really, really... There's some subcategories yes, in there, oh, too. Oh, <laughs> lots of them. Oh, lots of them. Um, so, uh, you know, that was an awakening. It was an awakening. Because I thought, I'm perfect. I do my job. I'm a good, you know, secretary. I, 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 supper's on the table every night. The house is clean. The clothes are washed. I deserve to drink. I deserve to drink, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, step five, you know, step five for me is... Um, Admitted to God, to myself, and another human being, the exact nature of my wrongs. That's the AA Trinity. God, me, and others. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Another person, someone else. Um, and, and, you know, uh, again, through, through prayer, a lot of prayer, big tool in my toolbox, <laughs> prayer. Um, you know, I... Um, I was able to do that fifth step with a very caring and loving person, mm -hmm. you know, my current uh, sponsor at the time. Um, and, then, and then, like it says in the big book, you will be now a member of AA, right? And if I don't do that fifth step, what does the big book tells me? tell me? That I'm going to die, okay? So I have to do my fourth step fearless, not fearful, and moral, not immoral, okay? Um, and I also have to say to my, uh, write down some of the things that I'm, I'm, that are good about me. That's what my sponsor said, because I couldn't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> write something good. You're a loving person. You're a caring person. You know, mm -hmm. any little thing is, is, you need to know that, 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't all bad. Can't all be all can't all be bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and of course, step six became entirely ready. And how do I become entirely ready? Through prayer and meditation. Mm-hmm. Okay, I become entirely ready through surrendering these character defects mm. to the God of my understanding. Um, surrender and have the willingness to to do what I need to do the steps I need to take to be the woman and the person I know the God of my understanding wants me to be. I have to look at myself and say, you know, um, do I drink too much coffee? Right? Coffee is a drug. It affects us. It affects us. It affects our mind. Chewing too much gum. I'm going to rot out my teeth if I chew a lot of gum, right? Um, And... um, uh, what are, uh, eat overeating, okay? Mm-hmm. Eating to feel better, uh, shopping to feel better. I'm always trying to feel. <laughs> <laughs> Stop calling me out. <laughs> I'm always trying to feel better, to change the way I am at the time, and shopping and coffee and all the other things, um, you know, uh, will work. But are they healthy? They're not healthy for me, right? Mm-hmm. To have any kind of a, um, a an addictive thing uh, is unhealthy for me because I take it to the extreme. There's no, uh, there's the extreme left or extreme right, but nothing in the in the mm-hmm. center. And that's where I have to get to is the center, the balance mm-hmm. in my life through these steps, mm-hmm. you know. So. Um, it's it's amazing. I've come across a book. Kathy and I have read it together, and it's uh, on step six and seven. And I never ever realized, did we, Kathy, what right. it entailed? Yeah. Never. I just thought I had to be ready. Oh, ready? God, you got it. God, take him. You know. Okay. Let's go. I'm ready. What, what is it. he taking? I don't know. I didn't know what he was taking from me. Right? If I was willing to give it to him. Mm-hmm. And, and then through this book, Kathy and I have experienced, I have at least experienced a spiritual awakening through this book that I have read. So um, step six is more important than I ever thought it was. Okay, because step six and seven, I'm going to do every day. I am going to do six and seven and maybe eight and nine too. Um, because in my 10th step, I've recognized that there's something that's a little out of whack here. Okay, I harmed somebody today. I didn't do what I was something I was supposed to do today. That kind of a thing, and sometimes it can be an extreme, all right. And then what do I have to do? I have to go back to step four, go four, five, uh-huh. six, and seven, and eight and nine, and work those steps over and over and over. Okay, and and step seven humbly asked him to remove our shortcom com- shortcomings, humility. Okay. I have to say to myself, I am not in control. Mm-hmm. I cannot do this on my on my own. You know, God needs to help me do it. We can do it together. Okay? Of course, with the help of the program and then the help of the people in the program and, of course, my steps. And then uh, you told me I had to make a list of all these people that I harmed. Okay? Uh, and all I could think of, and this is a step I balked at. I truly did balk at I knew that if I made that list, I had to put my husband on the top of the list. 
Yeah. And I did not have the courage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did not have the courage to put him on that list because I knew if I put him on the list, I had to make an amends to him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while. It took me a lot of prayer. A lot of prayer, a lot of meditation, a lot of talking to my sponsor. I, had, I was in a, um, a Monday night step group, and those people helped me, you know, get through that reluctance to admit that I harmed someone, you know, and make that amends to that person. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, became willing to make amends to them all, not just the ones I want to do, okay? <laughs> I want no, to no. cherry pick, give yes, me the easy ones. Yes, right, and you can, do, okay, you can do the easy ones first if you want, you can do the hard ones first, it doesn't matter, they just have to be on the list. Mm -hmm. And then I went over it with my sponsor, and my sponsor told me, well, you really don't have to, you know, make an amends to this person. Uh, you just, you know, pray for that person, pray that that person, God gives that person everything that he needs, you know, or she needs, right? Uh, but then, then there was the list, and I took that, of course, from my fourth step. Mm -hmm. And um, and then the courage, you know, I prayed for the willingness, and I prayed for the courage. Courage, you know, is not... Um, um, Kathy, oh, courage is, oh, I'll come, it'll come back, it'll come back to me. Um, yeah, some courage, uh, something with is, uh, fear, courage is going through whatever you need to go through in spite of the fear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, yeah. Courage, yeah, okay. Um, so it's, it's similar, it's similar to that. I, I'm not good at quoting other yeah. <laughs> because, because I heard that in the rooms that yeah. is not something original <laughs> anything that comes out of my mouth mm -hmm. tonight is not original mm -hmm. okay I got it in the rooms mm -hmm. I got it in the rooms um, and you know uh, the awakenings that have happened are a lot of times in the rooms mm -hmm. hearing mm -hmm. people talk and and it and it goes from my head, my mind, to my heart. That's when I know I've had that awakening that they talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, because I can rationalize anything up here in my head. <laughs> I, you know, I, I I don't have a problem doing that. That's for sure. So I I made you know made direct amends to people uh, wherever possible. Um, uh, I, you know, my two weeks into program, I made amends to my son. He was living with us at the time, and he said, Ma, I don't care what you did yesterday. I only care about what you do today, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and he is my staunch rep um, supporter. Mm -hmm. He loves me uh, beyond, you know, anything forgave me instantly, and I am so grateful for that. My daughter took a little longer. It took 16 years before my daughter would mm -hmm. accept my amends, mm -hmm. you know? And that, too, was a lot of prayer a lot of meditation, and a lot of tears, mm -hmm. a lot of tears. But I never, ever said never, that she will never come around. I never said that. I just said, God, in your time, mm -hmm. when she's ready, because she had to be ready, not me. You know, mm -hmm. she had to be ready to make, for me to make those amends. Mm -hmm. And um, I did eventually was able to make my amends uh, my to my husband. My husband and I were in a group called Alamar. It's married couples, one or both of whom are recovering from the disease of alcoholism, okay? And we talk about living as a couple. That was the, you know, the theme, or how to live as a couple, 
you know, without killing each other. <laughs> uh, so uh, we did that for 20 years, mm-hmm. at least 20 years. Okay. Oh, marriage counseling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mine was was a dollar. Oh, it cost me a dollar. Uh, you know. So, um, so and one one Saturday night, the the couple who was leading talked about how they did their ninth step with each other. Mm. You know, and of course it went around the room, and everybody talked about it, and we sat there, and it came to our turn, and we said, we haven't done it. You know, we're. I'm just not ready. I don't know what it is, you know. And he said the same thing, you know. We pray on it. We During the night, <clears throat> we both woke up at two o'clock in the morning. Okay. And at that time, I don't know what God did for me, other than give me courage, and I made my amends to my husband. Mm. You know? mm. And in turn, he made his amends to me. Mm. Okay. And then we had wild and crazy sex. <laughs> so, As you <laughs> so you have to look for the gifts. Sometimes, you know, you, you don't really recognize yeah, yeah. them until later on. And you say, oh, yeah. That worked out very nicely. Very nicely. So I've dealt with Rose, okay, in the in the first nine steps. And I've dealt with with God and I've dealt with others, okay? And I know a lot of people say 10 and 11 and 12 are maintenance steps. Uh, Not for me, (laughs) not for me. They're sustenance steps. Mm. They feed my soul, okay? Mm -hmm. They feed my soul. Maintenance means it's like going straight, nothing, you know, you're not doing anything, you're not not seeking God's, Will, God's, God's will for, for, for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. you're just kind of going along and taking things that, no, there's so much more, mm-hmm. you know, so much more. I have to continue to look for uh, the character defects, you know, that got me here, right? Um, it, uh, dishonesty and um, selfishness, self-centeredness and uh, fear, fear, fear. And, um, and then I have to look at whatever the situation is I'm in at the time, at this moment, what is it that is going on? What, what is it about me that I have now harmed another person, either by speaking something that hurt them, doing something that hurt them, not being there for them when they need me to be there, all kinds of things, you know, that I have to look at. Um, and then I have to, um, of course, call my sponsor, Talk about it with my sponsor because I don't do anything unless my sponsor knows what's going on and what I'm doing. It helps me to get to figure out what I need to do next. So usually, it for the tenth, the tenth step is concerned. I I recognize what I did. I called my sponsor, and I make amends to the person. Okay, step ten. However, Kathy and I read a book <laughs> on step ten recently. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much more to step 10. Yeah. Okay, so much more to step 10. Um, the ripple effect. Yeah. What did I do today that I don't even realize harmed another person? Mm-hmm. Who in turn, because of what I did to that person, harmed another person. Mm-hmm. Okay? It just goes, the ripple effect, over and over and over and over. How many people, because of my actions, because of my my uh my my um my voice you know what i have said 
can harm so many other people. That's step 10, you know. Mm -hmm. And then for me, step 11. If a question is asked, which is my favorite step? My favorite step <laughs> is step 11. <laughs> okay, yes, it's my, it's my fav favorite. It tells me I'm going to improve my conscious contact with the God of my understanding, right? Mm -hmm. And how am I going to do that? Through prayer and meditation. It's very simple, right? Yeah, very simple. It's specific instructions. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm going to do it through prayer and meditation. Mm -hmm. Okay. What am I going to pray for? I'm going to pray for knowledge of his will for us. Mm -hmm. Not for me only, but for us. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because if you're doing what you need to do to be the best person you can be, and Kathy does, and you do, okay, then... We're not going to harm each other, are we? Mm -hmm. Because we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And that's his will for us. Mm -hmm. Love one another as I have loved you. As it says in the Bible. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Yes, people are going to harm us. They are. It's inevitable. It's what we do with it. We pause. We pray. And we proceed. Right, Kathy? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> right? Don't retaliate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We have to stop, I have to stop, and I have to, you know, stop and say, no. What is it about me today that that's happening? Okay, so we pray for his will for us and the power to carry that out. And the power is through prayer and meditation. Okay? So I have come to believe in a God that I never ever thought I could have in my life. Okay, because the God I had in my life was a fearful God, a vengeful God, a God who was out to get me, you know, a, a, a God who was, I thought, was unforgiving. I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell, you know. Um, he's a loving and a caring God. I am a child of God, and God wants only the best for me, and I have to believe that every single day, you know. Um Today, I know that God loves me, that God lives in me, that God sees me, that God hears me, that God understands me, and God knows what's in my heart. Mm -hmm. Did I ever have anything like that growing up? Did I have anything no. like that in my active years? No. That's the God I have in my life today, you know? Um, he sees me. I always felt I was invisible. Nobody, you know, nobody saw me again, the wallflower. Um, and he hears me. I couldn't say what I felt growing up because children were seen and not heard. Okay. Yeah. And if I, I, I couldn't, I could not express myself because I was told you cannot do that. Mm -hmm. You know, so what do you do? You stuff everything in. <laughs> you you stuff it in. Right there bottle. you go. And when you pick up a drink, guess what? Oh, we yeah. explode. I have so much to say. Yes. <laughs> this is my opportunity. Absolutely. I've taken the stage. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we come into program and we're told that we're going to live life, learn to live life on life's terms. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was growing up, I lived life on my parents' terms. When I drank, I lived life on alcohol's terms. And like I said, when I came into program, you guys taught me how to live life on life's terms. Hmm. 
but through my spiritual experiences through these steps, I have come to live life on God's terms. Hmm. God's terms are so much easier. God's terms are what love, goodness, peace, joy, happiness, okay? And all I have to do is ask. And all I have to do is the work. Mm -hmm. You know, all I have to do is the seeking that I need to do to have that conscious contact with this God who is more than life to me today. Mm. Okay? And step 12, you know, we have, um, I had, and thank, you know, I'm blessed that I had my spiritual awakenings in each of the steps. Okay, if you, if you look in the big book uh, and, and you read, you know, the first 164 pages, there are promises in every single step in that big book. And there's more than just one in each, you know, uh, part that talks about a particular step. I know we have the ninth step promises, but look, if, you're, if you are a big book reader, look for those promises. You know, look for those promises. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, awakening as a result of the steps, these steps. And we try to carry the message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So there's that, that's, um, you know, there's what, three, three parts to step 12. And um, in what we do as alcoholics, my primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. Mm-hmm. So that's my priority. Those are my priorities, you know. And it's not only to help the alcoholic who is in the rooms, okay? It's to help the alcoholic who is still suffering, mm-hmm. the alcoholic who is, still, you know, still drinking, uh, whose, whose life is in, in shambles and, and could lose their life because of it. You know, we just lost a couple of months ago my 34-year-old nephew. Okay, he was a drug addict. He went out one night, got in a motel, had his drugs. Apparently, he got up or went into the bathroom and got sick. Started vomiting in the trash can and was asphyxiated by the plastic bag in the trash can. Hmm. Oh, God. What a way to die, huh? Hmm. What a really? way to die. Oh, my God. My brother was dead for three days before we found him. Uh-huh. And we found him in the bathroom, too. Hmm. You know? Oh, what this disease can do to oh, us, mm-hmm. okay? And the work that we have to do to protect ourselves from it. Mm-hmm. You know, are these 12 steps. And um, again, it's important to, to take the message to the people who uh, don't know about AA. Okay, bring mes- the uh, pamphlets and things to doctors and lawyers and libraries and police stations. You know, that's our, that's our work over and above the, the, um, the meeting level. We're going mm-hmm. to, to, to district, no, air, uh, district level with mm-hmm. that kind of stuff to area level, you know, with things that we do at area, an area level. And that's all part of our growth, mm-hmm. okay? If we're not helping other people, then we're not growing ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Because we have to give it away in order to keep it, right? I cannot selfishly hold on to what I have been given in this program and not share it with anybody else, mm-hmm. you know? I have to give it away. And then it says to practice these principles in all 
There's that word all again, okay? <laughs> all our affairs, all right? You know, it, it's at work, of course, thank God. Well, I've, I've been retired 18 years, and I was sober 11 years working, okay? So, um, you know, I had to bring what I learned in this program. I had to bring the person that I know the God of my understanding wants me to be to work, you know? Um, and uh, in the grocery store. Uh, you know, where, where, wherever I am, no matter where I am, I have to, I may be the only big book somebody sees, mm -hmm. okay? So I have to project what I know this program wants me to do, you know? But again, there's, there's the home front, right? <laughs> the home front. Uh, my husband is, um, he's in Al-Anon. He's been in Al-Anon for 29 years also. And what a blessing that has been. For him, mm -hmm. for me, and for our life together today, you know, he forgave me for what I did uh, at the end of my drinking because I really went very, very low. Okay, and he forgave me, and he said, you know, when I talked about uh, when he went to the lawyer. So when I came into program, and he went into his program two weeks later, uh, we said to each other that. Um, we were going to wait a, a, a year before we even talked about a divorce. If at the end of the year we wanted to get a divorce, or one of us did, we would do that. Okay, So we made a commitment to working our own program. I worked mine, he worked his. Okay, And then we came together in what, again, that program I talked about, Alamar, to learn how to live as a couple. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to be a human being again, mm -hmm. and he had to learn, you know, how to deal with this alcoholic, <laughs> yeah. you know, and learn how to be the person he knows his God wanted him. Because he was very sick, because I mm -hmm. made him that way because of my drinking. He was very sick. Mm -hmm. um, so, at home is the hardest part. It really is. But we're, we work on it. We kid each other, you know, about... Uh, are, are we having a fight? Are we having an argument? You know, if you're in the car riding, you know. Yep. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, and he's he's changed so much. I when I go to an Al-Anon meeting with him, it's usually an anniversary. You know, because I don't go to Al-Anon as an Al-Anoner. I go as an AA person mm -hmm. visiting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and I thank them, the people in the, in Al-Anon for the man they gave back to me. Mm -hmm. You know, through through Al-Anon's uh, program, mm -hmm. um, I am really so grateful. I hurt, I harmed him so much. I harmed him so much. And today, I try again to be that power of example. That um, you know, if someone talks to me or you know listens to me or whatever, that I'm not going to harm them. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to say something that's going to be uh, hurtful. You know, or I'm not going to do something hurtful. So, um, uh, I think, you know, pretty much that's it. My life is the steps. Mm -hmm. I know to not only work the steps as we're told to do, or work your steps, I live my steps. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's my life. And um, I don't think I would be where I am today if it wasn't for the, you know, for, the, uh, for our fellowship and for the steps and for the big book. Big book, big mm -hmm. book. 
you know, keeping sober is the most important. This is January 6th. Everybody knows January 6th, yeah. right? You gotta know January 6th. Keeping sober is the most important thing I do. Nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. Nothing. No one, nothing else matters more than me staying sober. Mm -hmm. The most important decision I ever made was my decision to give up drinking. And how grateful I am that God gave me that courage to come into these rooms, you know, and led me. God leads me. Mm -hmm. I have a choice as far as my God is concerned. I can walk ahead of him and try to control whatever situation I'm in at the time, or I can walk behind him, not trusting that he's gonna do for me what I need to have done, or I'm gonna walk with him side by side, mm -hmm. together. You know, and he will do for me what I cannot do for myself. He will guide me, he will carry me if he has to, right, the footprints, Home, he will carry me if I need to be carried, and I have needed to be carried more than you know, more than just a few times through my uh, my um, journey through this journey. Um, <clears throat> I am convinced that my whole life depends on not taking that first drink, and I truly do believe that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I will be dead, like I talked about before, it will kill me. Okay and kill the others around me emotionally, you know, mentally, physically. <clears throat> Nothing is world in the world is more important to me as my own sobriety. That's the only person I have to worry about is myself if, as far as my sobriety is concerned. Serenity, okay, that is what I seek is serenity. No one can take that from me. I can give it to you. I can give you my serenity if I choose but you can't take it away from me because I will not allow you to do that, mm -hmm. okay? I will not allow anyone to do that to me today. Everything I have my whole life depends on that one thing, right? If I don't pick up that first drink, I won't get drunk, and I won't harm others mm -hmm. and myself, okay? So there's just one more thing that um, um, I'd like to read here. It's November 16th. When two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So God is here with us right now. Mm -hmm. He's here with us. The Spirit of God comes upon his followers when they are all together at one time, in one place, and with one accord. Right? One accord. We want to stay sober. Our life depends on us staying sober. When two or three consecrated souls are together at a meeting place, the Spirit of God is there to help and guide them. Right? God is always with us. Always. We, uh, we uh, where any sincere group of people uh, are gathered together, reverently seeking the help of God, His power and His Spirit are there to inspire them. And He is here with us tonight. He really yeah. is. So that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Good. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Like, Bradley did so much. Like, all the things you said. It was relating. It was just, I just was taking it all in. Like, <laughs> I needed this today. I was feeling off all day. And then I was just, like, sitting here, like, mm -hmm. soaking it all mm -hmm. in. And mm -hmm. I don't, like, uh, 
the husband thing, like, I related to, I was very violent with Eddie, and, I mean, he says I landed some punches, but, like, I mean, and it's... <laughs> so did the cops. <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing we never had were the cops. Exactly. My husband said, we're going to if you don't stop. Yeah. Said, Thank God. The cops showed up and determined that I was the victim. I called them, too. She <laughs> called them, too, saying my husband's beating me, and then they yeah. showed up and realized I was in rough shape. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and we joke about it because we've gone through, you know, we've done work so that we're in a very good, healthy place now. We can joke about, it. but it was serious. Oh, and like yeah. what you said, like the AA interrupted my death. Like that's what it, it just like hit me. Like that last last drunk where the cops came to the house three times. They finally arrested. I was walking around with a knife. Like and I'm going, I go in and out of flashes, and it's like, what if I just made one stupid mistake on myself for him? And mm-hmm. it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like and I do it all the time. Just look over. I'm like, this is our life now. Like. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for the life we have today and yeah. that we have this very loving relationship. And it's because of AA. Like, God put someone in my life that I was willing to listen to and took me to a meeting. And, you know, like, I'm just so grateful that I was willing to, like, put aside my ego and listen. Because, like, mm-hmm. I, if I had it, I'd be dead. Yeah. You know, Eddie mm-hmm. might be too. Like, it's mm-hmm. so scary mm-hmm. like to think about what could have happened. And, yeah, exactly. Um, the yeah. other thing you said that so the 10 11 12 being sustenance mm. i love that i want to mm-hmm. keep that because yeah same maintenance yeah then it just makes it like oh i'm just doing what yeah. i have to yeah. exactly but yeah. sustenance is because i do feel like i'm living more when i do i feel alive i feel mm-hmm. one with the mm-hmm. earth and mm-hmm. everything's happening around me not to me yeah. i'm right <laughs> with others i'm right yeah. with myself and i'm right with god yeah Right? That's where I need to be. Three, side by side with God. Steps, yeah. And, yeah, I'm just so mm-hmm. grateful. Like, thank you so much for coming on. This poison ivy is driving me crazy. <laughs> I know. It's uh, <laughs> so scratching. And one thing um, I've also learned recently is, you know, I can ask God for something. Okay? Of course, it has to be something realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can't ask him, you know, to, to change the world for me. Uh, you know, it, it, if... You know, whatever I need, if, if it's a, like a doctor's appointment where I'm going to get the results of the test, you know, give me God, give me the strength to, you know, get through this time and accept whatever the tests show. Um, so I ask him. I ask him once. Once. Uh-huh. And then I let him do his work. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. If I'm asking and asking over and over and over again for the same thing, how can he do his work? <laughs> he can't. Because I'm not letting go and giving it to him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, thank you so much. This was great. I really liked hearing you. Um, you're sorry. It's so powerful. All the things you had to say, especially the one that like really resonated for me is when you were saying that um, the message you can feel when a message resonates with your heart. Mm-hmm. You know what's going on there, and like I believe mm-hmm. my higher power works through other people. So I yes. have to show up in the rooms and listen to mm-hmm. people because mm-hmm. I can hear a message so many times where I think I come up with this great idea because I'm yeah. so smart. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, my higher power only talks to me, but when I show up in the rooms, I listen and my higher power works to other people and I get to exactly. hear these things and exactly. I don't hear these things unless I go to meetings mm-hmm. or I participate or I'm around. Mm-hmm. When I shut myself off and I don't do those things, I miss a message and I miss God working my life constantly. Yeah. You know, it took me a long time to realize that and I really liked what you said about the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because it was, you have to practice things in all of our affairs because at work today I was doing the same thing. I, so annoyed through a chain of emails and I called mm-hmm. this person. I had to stop myself three times because I was getting irritated. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Give me a second. It's not you. I'm just frustrated. Yes. And then yes. go again and get worked up again. I had to stop again. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm yeah. trying. I yeah. swear I'm not 
like <laughs> trying to lose it and it's so difficult but that's the right thing to do mm-hmm. okay when something is happening and you don't know what to do about it and you know you're getting worked up call somebody mm-hmm. okay even if you have to call 10 people <laughs> call somebody mm-hmm. you know and um, it'll bring you down from where you you know from that mm-hmm. whirling because we whirl a lot yep right the acceptance booklet Oh. Talks about whirling. Let them whirl. Let them whirl. Uh, and but we want to let them whirl, not us. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be the ones whirling. We want okay. So I think you did the exact right thing. You called somebody and talked about it. And re- and and today when I was reading this particular book on the sixth and seventh step, it said it's okay. You know, it's okay. Just make sure that you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Talking about it, calling someone, asking for help, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. Because, I mean, life, come on, life is life. Life is life. Right? I mean, things are going to come up that we never even imagined. And, um, and, and all, what we need is the willingness, okay, to, you know, accept acceptance, what it is, what my part is in it, what God's part is in it, you know, and go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, Life is, uh, I had a, uh, you know, drinking was a, a life, first of all, that I thought I wanted. Mm-hmm. This is how I want to live, mm-hmm. right? Because this is so exciting, <laughs> you know? Um, but uh, I, I have been shown a life that I never, ever thought of, you know. Yep, this program's going to be a life I could never even imagine. Imagine, imagine. And it says, uh, it says in the big book that we were going to... It, uh, have a new a new life, a different life, okay? And I've heard people say, oh, I want to go back to what it was like before I drank. Mm-hmm. Oh, for God's sakes, I don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Because those things that were happening to me before I drank got me to the point where I drank. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So the big book tells us we're going to have a new life. We're going mm-hmm. to have a different life. We're, it might not always be better but it's going to be different different exactly not i'm glad it's different (laughs) it's going to be different and i was so funny because i don't a lot of couples that are in a like hearing the same thing too is that they work two different programs Mm -hmm. to start too because it's so easy to get involved in the same program you don't get a chance to grow exactly you know and it was so great we had the opportunity to really start working our own programs Mm -hmm. that's when we really noticed a big relationship turn in our relationship is we're working our own stuff then we come together in the middle yes exactly and i I always joke there's nothing like an AA household when you're getting worked up over each other then you hear from the room you should call your sponsor it's like (laughs) shut up don't tell me what to do Exactly. And then secretly you sit over there and you dial your sponsor's number, but like, it's like, yeah, I want to hear these yeah. things. And, and you know, I, I tell my sponsees, or I, I, I recommend, I don't tell them, I don't tell them what to do, I suggest and I recommend uh. um, that um, uh, <laughs> that if they are married and mm-hmm. both are in program, not to go to the same meetings together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. Uh-huh. It's really not healthy. We've really started to buy up our meeting stuff. We'd go at the same time, but we found, I think, that we share more honestly mm. or differently by splitting up splitting and going up. to different exactly. meetings and creating our own networks separately. Right, mm-hmm. right. Because you never know what happens. At least you now have your, your own network yes. and you have your own problem. I feel like that's been very beneficial for us this yes. time around is really trying mm-hmm. to get our own networks and do your own thing. You feel like you share a little bit more honestly, even if she's not there. We share pretty openly anyways, but it's, you never know. Yeah, Sometimes you know, it's... Right. 
just killing me. I wanted to strangle her. And like, I wouldn't say that maybe in a normal meeting because she's sitting next exactly. to me. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we might not share what we really need to share that, you know, for that, that day because of the, of our spouse being in the room, mm-hmm. you know, and we might not be able to share as openly mm-hmm. if our spouse was in the room, mm-hmm. you know, so. I mean, that's my suggestion to my sponsees. And sometimes they have to go, you know, with their husbands for certain circumstances. But um, I, I ask them to, you know, to really try to do some meetings without their spouse or a significant other. I think that power of sharing openly and freely mm-hmm. is really what mm-hmm. helps me in the program. And I think it helps others too. When someone's sharing openly and honest and hearing someone be vulnerable, mm-hmm. I mean, even when they have a bunch of time, it's still nice to be like, I can relate to that. Like, it's nice to know that it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Yeah, it isn't. No, it isn't. And, you know, intimacy, all right? We think of intimacy, what, as sexual? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Intimacy, intimacy means into me see. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to have that to be able to have that intimacy sometimes with other people mm-hmm. even with your spouse mm-hmm. you know so um i have to i have to be open open minded to him you know um uh, i have to be willing to accept the fact that i'm not always right mm-hmm. you know i'm not always <laughs> not always right you know i thought i was right once but i was mistaken <laughs> My favorite quote for her is, do you want to be right or do you want to be be happy? happy. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I'm not not always right, but I'm never wrong. Why can't I have both? I want to be right and have it. It doesn't work. We want it all. I know. Smoke like a good alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it myself. It's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful experience for me. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. So, why am I blanking on what I usually say? Yeah, again, this is for, for Central Connecticut Intergroup Podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to get involved with service or learn more about Intergroup, visit ccti-aa.org. And um, let's end with the we version of the serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. God, God grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference.